of his only son, Jesus Christ. And I love this next song that says, He sat above it all. He sat on the highest throne. He was above all powers and all kings, principalities, all of nature. But he left it all because he placed you and me above it all. Above all. Sing with us. Above all kings 
we are and we give you all of our praise all of our glory from now through eternity we're going to close with this song blessed be the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come
Father in heaven. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises. As your people declare your mighty words, blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forevermore. Sing, Father in heaven. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praises. As your people declare your mighty words, blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forevermore. Sing, blessed be, blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the
We thank God for our worship team and the music this morning. It's always a blessing. And I don't oftentimes get a chance to give the message after the worship team, but sometimes circumstances are that way. But I love these brothers and Randy for leading us, and it's, it's such a blessing. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Father, we're so blessed to be here this morning. We don't take it for granted. It's a privilege to be at church. It's a privilege to hear your word. It's a privilege to sing hymns of praise. And we pray now that you'll quiet our hearts and speak to us directly, intimately and personally. Give each one of us what we need to hear today. Words of encouragement, words of challenge, words of exhortation, words of comfort. Lord, we pray that you will speak in your special way by the Holy Spirit. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord, and we just ask that you will lead and guide by the Spirit of God, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Christian life is not complicated. It's not difficult to understand. It's not too much for our intellects or anything like that. The Lord has made it very simple. We have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we have to follow Him the rest of our lives. It's simple. It's basic. Christianity is the message of Christ for each one of us. And whether we've known the Lord for a few days or many years, such as many in our audience today, the important thing is that we know for sure we're saved and we're going to heaven, number one. And number two, we know that our lives are pleasing to him and we're following him in what he wants us to do every day. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ was very radical in his teaching in the New Testament, in the Gospels. And he called people to commit their lives to him as disciples. And it wasn't going to be an easy life. One man came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And the Lord looked at him and he said, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another man came and he said, I'll follow you, but let me first go back and say goodbye to those at home. Another man says, I'll follow you, but first let me go bury my father. No, we have to follow Jesus. No turning back. The world is going to be distracting. It's going to be alluring to us, but we have to be focused on Jesus. We have to be focused on following him. We're on a mission. Our lives are important. We're not just taking up space here. We're proclaiming the good news of the gospel. We're living Christ before the world. It's up to us, whether we're young people like these sitting up here, or older ones, or all of us in between. We're called to be followers of Christ. Followers of him and his truth. Jesus simply said these two words, follow me. He didn't say follow a religion, or a creed, or a tradition, or anything like that. He said, follow me. Make the commitment to me. Follow me. Jesus followed the Father, and that took him to a cross and a death that was very, very difficult to endure, and he did it because he loves you and me. That cross, he followed it all the way down the Via Della Rosa, all the way up to Calvary to save you and I. Can't we follow him in our lives all the way until he calls us home or takes us home? That's what he wants us to do. In Mark chapter 1 and verses 17 and 18, Jesus said this, he says, to Peter and Andrew. He said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. 
These were fishermen. They knew the sea. They knew all about fishing. But he says, I'm going to have you leave behind that work that you were doing in your job as fishermen. And I'm going to have you come and be fishers of men. We're going to have a higher calling. And you know, if you're fishermen, you, what you have to do is you have to get up real early in the morning. That's a commitment. You have to have the best equipment. You have to have the right bait. And you have to be patient. That's what it takes to be a fisher, fisherman. And that's what it takes to be a follower of Christ, to be a disciple, to go out in this world and proclaim Him. The subject that we're going to look at this morning is following Christ. Following Christ. Jesus one day was walking down the, the street and He saw a man sitting at the tax collector office. And we know him very familiarly as Matthew, but his other name also was Levi. And Jesus was walking by, and there he was. He had all the money that he had collected, all the taxes which they collected. He took his share, of course, as we know the tax collectors did, and they were very despised. And Jesus said to him, follow me. He didn't say, I'm Jesus, I'm the Messiah, I've come to save you, I've come this. He didn't give him all the theology, he didn't lay it all out. He just said in two words, follow me. And that's what he says to us today. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to understand it all. But if you understand this, that I died for you on the cross. I suffered in your place. I bore your sins. I died and I rose again. And I give you eternal life. If you know that, then come follow me. And not just for a little while. Follow me all the way. All the way. And that's the key to it all. I love the definition of being a follower, it says in the dictionary, it says, a person who follows another's beliefs or teachings, a disciple. And that's what we are. We're disciples of Christ. We're followers of Christ. We're investing ourselves in something that's going to count for eternity. You know, you look at people in life, look recently who passed away. Dr. Jerry Buss, who was the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. And he was a great owner. They won 10 NBA championships under his ownership. He coached such players as Magic Johnson and James Worthy and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all these great players, and they won so much and everything. But it was so sad to hear that when, when Magic was talking about his relationship with Jerry Buss, and it was like he was a son to him, and he said he loved me and he took me in and all that, but he said he loved to dance, he loved to go out and party, he loved to do this, he loved to do it his way. Never once did you ever hear a word about doing it God's way, following Christ and having a life that counts. And that's what's sad when a person ends up in the grave and they have the memorial service or the funeral service, what do they say about the person? I ask you this morning, when you're dead and buried and six feet under, what will they say about you? I would hope they would say about me was, he was a follower of Christ. He served the Lord. That was his priority. That was his emphasis. That was his focus. He did other things, but that was his main focus in life. And if you have to have a focus, that's the best focus. It's the only focus that really counts because the Christian life is the most important life in the world. And when you're a follower of Christ, you do three things. And we're going to look briefly this morning at three things. When you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be willing to go anywhere. Go anywhere that Jesus asks. Number two, you're going to be willing to do anything that Jesus asks you to do. 
And number three, you're going to be willing to give everything. So go everywhere, go anywhere, do anything, and give everything. Simple, right? Simple message, simple point, but very challenging for our lives today. Not something we can easily gloss over. Because when you're seriously a follower of Christ, you have to take it seriously. The other day I was on a mission, and I had to go out and find something at the store for Adel. Now, this was a tough mission because this particular product that I was looking for is out of stock. But, and he had looked for months for this product, right? So he sent Dean on this mission. So I said, I'm going on this mission. And think about this. I was thinking about this message all this time while I'm going. So I go to the first store where the product is supposed to be, and the shelf is empty. There's not one single one on the shelf. And so I went to the lady. I said, do you have any more of this in the back? No, sir, I'm sorry. And so then she said, but if you go to the other store, which is in the same town, go to the other store, maybe you'll find it there. So I went to the other store, and it wasn't there either. I said, well, do you have any that you can order? Can you order it? So she went in there and got on the computer and went and see, do we have any in the, in the warehouse where the supplies come? It was very interesting. So she said, I'm sorry, sir, there's not one left. There's not one anywhere in our system, anywhere. And this is a major, large retail drugstore, right? So I said, this is going to be a challenge, but I'm not going to give up. Because I'm thinking of these points that I've been meditating. Go anywhere. Do anything. Give everything. So I'm not going to stop on this mission, right? So I go to another store. I went to four stores, and I didn't find it. So I had the sample product here in front of me, and so there was a telephone number on it. So I called the number. They say, due to a shortage in stock, we shouldn't have, we're, we're very sorry to our customers, but we're not going to have this product for, until uh, about mid-spring. Mid-spring. And I said, we can't wait till mid-spring. We cannot. So what do you do when you don't find it in the store, and it's not in the warehouse, and it's not in the suppliers, and even the company that makes it doesn't have it? What do you do? Well, you pray, right? So you pray. So then I went online, and I say, on a whim, I'm going to look online. So I type in what I'm looking for, and sure enough, it comes, Amazon, Amazon. So I say, if anybody's going to have it in the world, not just in, in the area here or in the United States, but if it's anywhere in the world, Amazon's going to have it. So I got I to look. I went on to Amazon. We have one left. <laughs> one left. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm getting that. So I got on my, my iPad and I started ordering. I ordered it. And then it said it's going to come. So it's going to cost you, Dean, because it's going to be costly because you've got to pay shipping to get it here quick. So I said, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what they're charging for it. And believe me, they were charging more for it. I would say it was about two to three times more than the product would have cost on the shelf. The law of supply and demand. We live under a <laughs> capitalistic <laughs> economic society, right? So I said that. So I ordered it. It came Wednesday. I gave it to the person. See, it wasn't for me. It was for somebody else. And I got to thinking, if we're willing to do anything and to go anywhere and to give everything to the Lord, then we won't stop in our Christian lives until we have done our mission. We have fulfilled it. We have completed it. Not just going to look for a product, but giving our lives to the Lord every day. Reading his word, praying, fellowshipping with Christians, getting strengthened so that we can go out and follow him in this world today. 
It's convicting, though. It's really convicting. Jesus said to his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a mission. That's a mission we have as followers of Christ, to go and do that. He also said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, go anywhere. Sometimes somebody asks you to, to do them a favor, right? Go on an errand, go on a mission, and you know it's going to be tough, but you say, I'll do it. Why do you do it? Because you love that person. That is why you do it. What you do out of love, you won't do for money. You won't do it for money, but you'll do it out of love. Shouldn't we follow Christ and give him everything and do everything and go anywhere because we love him? He loved us enough to die for us and give his life for us. Daily, he's praying for us and strengthening us. We should be willing to follow him. Jesus said in, in John chapter 21 and verse 22 to Peter, he said, If I will until he, that he remain, that is John, until I come, what is that to you? He said, you follow me. So many times we look around at other people and say, well, that person needs to hear that message today. They need to follow. My wife needs to hear that. My kids need to hear that. My friends need to hear that. No, I need to hear that. This message was preached to me. I was preaching this message to myself, to be willing to go anywhere that he wants us to go. I found that this is a word, and I never thought this was a word, but it is a word, followership. It's follow, and then it has a hyphen, and then ship, followership. And it means to follow a leader, and that's what, it, that's what we do. A lady named Charlene Meyer once said, Lord, let it not be that I follow you merely for the sake of following a leader, but let me accept you as Lord and master of every step that I take. And that's the amazing thing. Behind me, you see the words, Jesus is Lord. We love it up there, don't we? It's beautiful up there. But how great is it in our lives out there? Out there, when you go out those doors, when you go home, when you go out in the neighborhoods and things like that, that's where Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of everything in our lives. He's got to be Lord of everything, or he's not going to be Lord of anything. You know, left to our own devices, our flesh gets lazy. We get complacent, and we don't take it seriously. And the Lord wants to wake us up, and he says, I'm coming soon. I'm coming back very soon. Wake up, get serious, follow me. And that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do. There's a hymn that says, anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below. Anywhere without him dearest joys would fade. Anywhere with Jesus I am not afraid. And I praise God that he's with us and we can follow him wherever he goes. When the Lord says go, are you willing to say I'm going to get my hat, my gloves, my jacket, and I'm going to go. I'm there. When the Lord says go, we go. We shouldn't hesitate. We shouldn't deliberate, we should say, Lord, you want me to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it right away. That's what the Lord wants us to do, to follow him. Someone once said, if you ask a person to do a favor for you, you're going to find a lot out about that person. Ask somebody, Will you do, can you do me a favor? And if they say yes, then you got a friend. If they say, what is it? And they want to find out what it is? <clears throat> 
you may not be able to get them to do it for you. So may the Lord help us to say, yes, I'll go anywhere for the Lord. I'll do anything for him. So that's our first point this morning. Do, go, I should say, go anywhere. And that means that following Christ is costly. It costs us something. When Paul got saved on the road to Damascus, he said this to the Lord. He said, what will you have me to do? And little did he know when he signed on the dotted line to be a follower of Christ that he was going to suffer, he was going to be persecuted, he was going to go through all kinds of trials and difficulties and then end up being beheaded there in Rome. He didn't know all those things that were going to happen, but he signed on to follow the Lord. He says, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I don't care what it costs. I don't care what I have to sacrifice. I'm going to follow you. Simple. Follow me. Go anywhere. Secondly, do anything. It's not enough just to go anywhere, but you have to be willing to do anything. If the Lord asks it for us, if he wants us to do it, we have to do it. Someone once said, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. If God tells you to do something today, he's going to give you the grace to do it with all your heart. And that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. Whatever he asks us to do. Our answer should be, sure, I'm going to do it. There's a hymn writer that says, He leadeth me, he leadeth me. With his own hand, he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. And when Jesus leads you by the hand, you know what you notice the first thing when he goes to lead you by the hand? You'll notice the wound, the imprint in his hand. Those nail-scarred hands, he says, come, I'll lead you through life. I gave my life for you. I love you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to guide your life. I'm going to provide for you. All you have to do is follow me. I'll take care of everything. Just be a follower, a close follower of Christ. But you know, it goes against our flesh. Our flesh doesn't like it. And we have to surrender more times than not and say, Lord, I haven't been willing. I haven't been walking as close to you as I should. May the Lord help us to deny ourselves. Jesus said this, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, as it says in Luke, and follow me. That's the key to it, doing that every day. The Lord's not going to ask you to do anything that's bad for you. He's not going to ask you to do anything that's more than you can handle. But when he does ask you to do it, and he says, here, Jeff, here's the mission. Are you willing? And he says, Jeff says, yes, Lord, I'm willing. And the Lord gives him strength to do it. That's the key to it. And we're all, we all have stories. And if we took the time today to write down on a piece of paper a time where the Lord asked you to do something, it was tough. It was difficult. It was hard. It was the hardest thing you ever, he would ever ask you to do. And you did it. And you'll tell how the blessings flowed from it. Things just went so beautifully after that because when, when God's in it, he's going to bless it so tremendously in our lives. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians 4.13. Yes, it's a blessing to know that when we do anything for him and we do everything for him, he will indeed bless us. There's a hymn that says, it's so beautiful that it says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. It's so true. If you can put all the riches of the world on one side and you have Christ on the other, 
Christ is better than riches, better than all the world has to offer because the life of Christ is a true, meaningful life for us. He's our master. He's our boss. He's our Lord. He's our savior. He's our king. And when Jesus says, arise and go, we arise and go. We have to. It should be the motive of our lives to follow him out of love, out of love and devotion and dedication. So remember these two things so far. Go anywhere. Do anything. And then finally, give everything. You know, when you start talking about giving, and it's not just about our money, he wants us to give our time. He wants us to give our effort. He wants us to give everything to him. Everything! Now, if I ask you, is that difficult to do? We'd say, well, sometimes it is. But when the Lord asks us to give, shouldn't we give it all? Shouldn't we lay it all on the altar and say, Lord, here's my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Years ago, an old man used to say, now you stopped preaching and started meddling. Now you're, start, you're starting to hit my pocketbook. You're starting to spend my time and my effort. I mean, don't you know I have to make a living? I have to go to work. I have to support my family. Yes, you do. But every waking moment of our lives should be following Christ and serving him. It's the life of meaning and purpose. One day, the rich young ruler came to the Lord. You know, he's dressed in his Imani suit and, and, and uh, <clears throat> Italian leather shoes, and he's got everything pressed and polished and everything like that, and he comes to the Lord. And of course, they didn't dress that way, but I'm using that for effect. But he comes to the Lord, and, and, and he's, he wants to follow the Lord. He wants to. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord tells him, you've got to do this, you've got to obey this and obey this and obey this. And he says, I've done all those things, Lord. What else is there? What, what, what further remains? And he said, if you want to be perfect. In other words, if you want to be saved, you've got to leave behind those things you're struggling to hold on to, and you've got to come and follow me. He says, go and sell all that you have and come and follow me. And that rich young ruler walked away just as sad as can be because he couldn't give up the money. He couldn't give up that lifestyle. He couldn't give it up. When the Lord saves us, he doesn't ask us to give all of that up necessarily. He really doesn't. But if there's one thing that's holding you back from coming to him, he may take that from you away to give you something far greater. His presence, his love, his forgiveness, his eternal life comes to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds me of the story of the widow because you know, we have a little box out there that we give uh, offerings to when nobody's around. You can put it in there and so forth. Well, she went to the temple treasury and she put in two copper coins. They're called mites, two little coins. And all these other people were given hundreds and thousands and all of that. And the Lord remarked, he says, this poor widow has put in more than all of them combined because she put in all that she had to live on. I said, Lord, I don't know if I could do that. Could I take everything in my bank account and my 401k account and all my money and could I give it? Maybe the Lord won't ask us to do that, but are we willing? Look what Abraham was willing to do when the Lord asked him to take his son Isaac up to that mountain on Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. He didn't argue about it. He didn't dispute about it or question it. He did it and the Lord spared Isaac and it was a picture of the fact that Christ came 
from the father. And the father who had spared Abraham from killing his son did not spare his own son for us, but allowed him to die in our place on the cross. It also reminds me of the little boy that gave his lunch. I love that story. I want to meet him someday in heaven. We don't know what his name was, but you, know, you can think of him. Maybe we'll call him Johnny. Johnny's mother packed him a lunch that day, and not knowing what was going to happen, he carried his little bag lunch with him. And when the time came, and they needed to feed 5,000 men plus all the others there, they were asking, does anybody have food? And they found a few fish, and they found a few loaves, small little loaves. And the boy brought his lunch. He says, Jesus, here's my lunch. It touches my heart every time I think about it. Here's what I have. It's my lunch. I'm not going to eat it. You take it, Jesus. And Jesus took his lunch, and he prayed, and he divided that up over all those people, and they fed 5,000 people and came up with 12 baskets full of leftovers. Unbelievable. When we give anything to the Lord, he's going to bless it and enrich us and give back way more than we ever gave to him. Think about that woman, Mary in the Gospel of John, who had saved up that perfume for the day of her wedding. It cost a year's worth of wages, and she gave it to the Lord. She poured it out on him to anoint his body for burial. And the Lord says, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, what this woman has done shall be spoken of for her. Yes, it's a blessing. It's truly a blessing. Before we close today, I want to tell the story that I read in one of the illustration sites that I have, and it's a story of a little boy. And the little boy had made this boat, and he loved this little boat, and he was so excited. It took him time, and he, he built it, and it was his boat. It belonged to him. And he took the boat out to the river, and he was going to sail it for the first time. And the weather was perfect, and the sun was shining, and everything was great. So there he's got it going. He's got it on a string, and he's just enjoying himself. This is his boat. This is his time. And all of a sudden, the string breaks, and the boat gets loose. And like Randy was saying in his message, when a boat gets loose, what happens? It drifts and drifts. The wind started up, and it made that boat drift further and further and further down the stream. He ran as fast as he could. He tried to get it. He could not. Nightfall came. He finally had to give it up. He went home so sad. That was my boat. I built that boat myself. I made it. That was mine. It belongs to me. And as he was walking down the street, he looked over at a hobby shop store. And he looked in the window and he saw a boat. He said, boy, that boat looks a lot like my little boat that I made. And as he got closer to it, he examined it closer in the window. That's not just a boat like the one I made. That's my boat. That's my boat. So he went into the man at the store. He says, Mr., Mr., that boat in the window, that's my boat. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, son. Someone else brought it in this morning. You're going to have to pay a dollar, and I'll sell you the boat. So he went home, and he got out his piggy bank. And you know, kids, you got the piggy banks, right? You got your savings there. He went through his piggy bank. He started counting the money, and guess what? He had just exactly one dollar left from that. So he took that money, he was so excited, gathered up all the coins, ran back down to the store. Mister, mister, I'm ready to buy the boat. And he paid him the dollar. Here, here you go, son, here, here's your boat. 
And as he walked out of that store, he was holding and clutching that little boat, such a precious boat to him. And he said, you're my boat. You're twice my boat. First because I made you, and now because I bought you. And that's what Jesus says to us this morning. I made you. You're mine. I created you in my image. I love you. But not only did I make you, I bought you at Calvary. I died for you at the cross. Come to me. Follow me. I have not only eternal life for you, but the best life for you. But you have to decide it. You have to decide right now to follow Jesus. Don't put it off. Decide right now to follow him as your Savior, as your Lord. Accept him into your life, and he'll save you. And then decide, Lord, I'm going to follow you no matter where you take me. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll give everything because of what you've done for me. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? And as we're all bowed and our heads are bowed and our hearts are quiet before the Lord, today is a day of decision. It's a day to decide to follow Jesus. You can simply pray the prayer and ask him into your life as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And if this is your heart's desire, you pray along with me and then we'll close. Blessed Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you that I was the one who should have died on that cross, but you died in my place. You took my sins and I come to you, Lord. I confess my sins that I am a sinner and I need you, and I want you, Lord. And I thank you for loving me all the way to that cross. And Lord Jesus, I come and I accept you as my Savior into my heart. Change my life, and I will follow you forever. And if this is your prayer, and you pray this prayer today, you accept Jesus, your life will never be the same again. Lord Jesus, we just thank you today for this message. It convicts us, it challenges us, it inspires us and encourages us. Help us to be followers, Lord. Not just for a while, but all our lives, all the way through. Lord, help us to be willing to go anywhere, to do anything, and to give everything. Help us to be followers of you in the tough times, as well as in the easy times. When times are, are of trial come and trouble, help us to be followers. Help us to realize there's a sacrifice and a price to be paid. And if we're here today, Lord, and we're Christians, we just pray that you will help us to be followers of you daily. And we just ask your blessing now and pray that you'll take us home safely and help us to be followers of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.